Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome to the morning edition. 9 a.m. here on the East Coast for Dan and myself. Uh, another episode of Dynasty Theory. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. If you don't celebrate anything, hopefully you at least get a few days off of work. Right, Dan? Dan, you're waking up. You look tired. You look groggy. But but that's the thing. I'm in vacation mode. And I know. the Dynasty Theory team says, we're going we're to go early Friday morning, which, which sounded great in theory uh, on Monday. And then, boy, these 9 a.m.s come quick. But always ready to go, JP. I know. I know. Uh, it's it's and, a busy uh, weekend for everybody. It is, but you know, you, you, myself, Mitch, although Mitch got, you know, imperative to the state of Utah, got called into work. We're, we're always good to talk dynasty theory. And I did think this was an interesting episode as I believe dynasty players, including you, me and Mitch are at different points in their strategies, their roster management. I know I'm always late to the party when um, looking ahead to 2023 compared to, to you and Mitch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to stay in 2022 mode. So I think our different like perspectives and strategies are are good for all all different listeners listeners that'll be tuning in. Yeah, you're still. I mean, I, I was poking fun, but I love the tenacity and the the you know the going through the due diligence in your leagues. You look at a league chat and it's just Dan. Hey, at player A, <laughs> trade offer player B. Like it's like holy cow, this dude, you know. Give it up, Dan. Give it up. But you're still fighting for for the, those uh, semifinal victories here in Week 16. Hopefully, gearing up for Championship uh, Week 17. But yeah, I, I think a lot of people, even if you are competing in one of your dynasty leagues, all of your dynasty leagues, you are starting to look ahead, and that's something that a lot of people. I mean, you can even see it in the chat. Uh, in the the Dynasty Theory Patreon free for the rest of December. Come check it out. We'll give you an instant refund. But you can see in the chat, it's a lot of start-sit questions. And, you know, we kind of got to amp it up a little bit, ramp it up, if you will, um, to to the Dynasty discussions. And a a lot of it is, you know, like like you're doing. It's very redraft mindset right now, right? And we talk about that. Like, it, it is to a degree, John, but like part of that, you know, in that chat where I sent like 10 different teams trades and, and got rejected 10 different times, part of that was really looking for a specific trade because it is trying to compete now, but without mortgaging next year, right. you know, try, you know, trying to the point of our, our episode here today is thinking a little bit ahead to next year as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so that there's never, uh, there's never a bad time to look ahead in your dynasty leagues and start planning and start evaluating. And that's kind of the key word of today's episode. You know, we're talking about kickstarting the off season, but it's all about the evaluation process. And on our little thumbnail for the episode, I have a nice little flow chart going. And Mitch was like, Ooh, fancy, fancy, you know, looking at it, you, you do have to evaluate it that way. You have your dynasty team. Am I coming off a season where I was contending? If so, go in this route. If I was contending, am I set up for the future? Go in this route. Or was it a team where I I mortgaged my, my future draft capital and I got to go this way? So there are a lot of different boxes to check. And it leads me into the first topic that I want to discuss, kind of evaluating your roster heading into the offseason what approach do you take? So uh, let's say we're two weeks from now, you know, and I, the reason that we could push this episode off to Friday morning is because it is more of an evergreen episode. It's not so much, Oh, what did we see in week 15? What are we doing here in week 16? This is kind of an overarching strategy discussion that is going to be relevant in January, February, March, anything leading up to free agency, the combine, uh, the NFL rookie draft. So, Evaluating your roster heading into the offseason, Dan, how do you go about it? Yeah, I mean, we, we could definitely start with saying we've had, you know, in the spirit of recent football, 
that Zach Wilson's dead weight. We've had enough sample sizes there to, to almost determine that. That's just me being a little sour grapes from, from the recent game we, we, we all watched. Did you but, have any DFS? No, 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 not no DFS. It was more of a dynasty and, you know, the Jalen Hurts rosters that he was injured and you're scrambling for quarterbacks and you can't get them because everyone's gobbling them up and no one wants to trade them. And then you're deciding between Zach Wilson and a super flex in which I, I, I diversified my strategies. I, I wasn't all in Zach Wilson by any means, but there were, there were two rosters. I says, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice with him. The weather is going to be good for a while. Jack's defense is kind of weak. And he was just terrible. Absolutely. Now in, in that one situation, did you go with him over DJ shark? I think that was one of the leagues I did roll the I dice. Mean, it was a, it yeah, was like it, shark trace McSorley. Yeah. It was, it was slim picking. So I says, you know what? I drafted this guy that that was the wishful thinking that, you know, there was something there and he could build off last week. And I was listening to a little bit of great Cosell's film study who says, Hey, he had moments where he looks like he could be something. And although Cosell says, I wish he was at this point a year ago in his development. Right. So he's still just way behind in his development. So that's one thing is I head into the offseason identifying some, some dead weight. And I, and I say start with free agents. I think this is just a fresh time for everyone not to lose sight of the free agents at a, at a minimum as you either your teams might get knocked out or are in playoffs. Each week, try to dead like eliminate dead weight on your rosters to obtain some players with some sort of upside. All right, because you know some leagues that trading deadline is gonna or that free agent deadline is gonna hit, and you're not gonna, it's gonna freeze for a while. Mm -hmm. So now's your chance to just continue to work on the bottom of the roster, um, get into you know I look at trades ranging from win now to you know not trying to mortgage next year to some higher risk where we are all in for this year. So really a combination of free agency and trades to help uh, you know you know looking out to see who what contenders are out there and help bolster them to help improve your team. This doesn't really go into the evaluating your roster standpoint, but how frustrating is it when you're in a league? And I know we talked about this in the discord, you're in a league and there was a trade deadline and you were like, Oh my God, guys, I have Jalen hurts, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford at quarterback. I am set. And now you're here in week 16 talking about, uh, 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 Brock Purdy, like that—that's the savior this week. Like, how frustrating is it for you because you're so active on the trade market within your league, but also, and this is a, a big topic on Twitter: the trade deadline versus no trade deadline. Uh, can you think of any benefit to having a trade deadline? No, because you know if you don't have a trade deadline, you got your friends, you know, sending you these messages right now during our show of of Zach Wilson here because you're stuck with them. Um, you know, it really bothers me those rosters without a trade deadline because then you you're working the free agent wires incredibly uh, critical. Uh, but yeah, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. You know, our good friend of the show, JJ Zacharyson, talking on shows. And now there's no, you know, you can't trade in your leagues. I'm like, no, you can, JJ. You can trade. We do it all the time. And, uh, you know, trying to get Brock Purdy was even hard this week, though, John. Yeah, I essentially, in our Dynasty Theory 2.0 listener league, I moved, and I'm not contending. I'm, I wasn't in the playoffs, unfortunately. But I had, uh, Chris Godwin and Brock Purdy, who I picked up off of waivers, moved him for Debo Samuel and a 23 second from a contender. So I was happy with that. Uh, I love Chris Godwin, but I thought that was a good move to capitalize like on the that. Brock Purdy uh, situation in terms of what he can provide to a contender today with all the quarterback question marks and issues going on right now. Uh, the only thing I would say in regards to a, a pro trade deadline and it's not even pro like i 100 no trade deadline I, I i don't want one so don't think i'm advocating for that we don't need that rumor to get out that will ruin me uh but one thing it, it, it kind of it puts pressure on everybody okay i'm looking ahead and really it only puts pressure on the people that are so active and looking ahead if you're kind of you know uh, off on your own planet, not really paying attention, not super active. It really doesn't like the pressure is not on you, but most people, a lot of people, some people, maybe I feel like that that's getting lower and lower. I'm thinking about <laughs> leagues. I'm like, maybe it is just some people, but you look at your roster and you're like, okay, these are the matchups I have going forward. 
this is where I, I think I could be. Uh, I'm looking at my quarterback situation. Running back depth is a little weak. So now the pressure is on me to get a deal done prior to that trade deadline. And I do think it helps in terms of the teams that have depth. But even then, it's a little bit of a crapshoot because, like I said, you would be sleeping like a baby every night. Dan, you wouldn't have those bags under your eyes <laughs> if if you had a Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Kyler. You would feel great. And now here we are, week 16, semifinals, and you can't do anything about it. It's so frustrating. So uh, just something you kind of have to deal with. I would push in every league for no trade deadline. But you know what? There are trade deadlines in a lot of leagues. You know the rules going in. You deal with it. You can still be be sour about it. Yeah, and we've been both been on both ends of that that candle this season. And the leagues with out a deadline, you know, we, we just create our own deadlines. Like the Discord was so fun this week. We, we you know, the four team race, and all of a sudden, three of the four teams. I was the one that didn't make a big blockbuster trade and got got busted for it. You know, we we ended up agreeing on a split of the pot, but still incentivizing the top place and yep. just the creativity and the activity in that league was incredible for not having a a trade deadline. You know, yeah, in, in, in one day like, we saw Josh Allen move, Kyler Murray move. Uh, I mean, I, the names are slipping me from the other trades, but like you said, they weren't just like, oh, I'll give you a third for so. They, they were blockbusters. And they were very good trades. They didn't hurt the league, John. You know, the integrity of the league still remained alive. Yep. Um, we've got great league mates. We've built, built these leagues, you know, strategically as we can, and they were very competitive. And then for the leagues that do have trade deadlines, I think it goes back to some other Dynasty Theory episodes where I've really been emphasizing, and I know you've been there as well, with just depth on your roster. Like really such a added emphasis on depth on a roster than I used to have in the past. Because I used to be like more stars and studs, you know, wanting to get the trade for those big guys. Give me CD Lamb, that cowboy on my roster, whatever it oh, takes. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden it's, boy, if you don't have a trade deadline especially, but even when you do have a trade deadline, it was hard to get Brock Purdy this week, and no one would take Zach Wilson off my hands. So, you know, as active as we are, uh, that depth is critical there to have the Brock Purdy's of the world. And there's a lot of those guys, the Marlon Max. There's depth has been huge in the last week or two. I mean, think about what Latavius Murray's return based on his cost, just things like that. Uh, no, I, you talk about you used to be more studs and duds. I always appreciated our first few startups together because I uh, trade back, trade back, trade back. And I was like, yeah. I know Dan's going to want to move up. Uh, so, you know, but it, it certainly goes both ways. Anyway, evaluating your roster heading into the offseason, there's many things that go into it. I know we strayed a little bit, but going through, and I, I have my spreadsheet, everything's color-coded, looking at my strengths, weaknesses, and uh, it goes into a few other talking points here. Everything kind of meshes together. But I think one thing, Dan, it's it's evaluating the risk of your roster, and what I mean by that, and in the Dynasty Theory, in my uh, startup tiers that are on the Dynasty Theory Patreon, I went through, and not only do I have my, my cross-positional tiers that are focused on right now, as if we're in week 16, but then on the other tab, I have my startup tiers, and in that, it is not taking into account production right now, you know, because that this season does not matter for that. But I've gone through and I, I, I've put an asterisk next to any player that not just I, I they could, but I firmly believe that their value one way or another is going to move throughout the offseason. So those are the players when you're assessing the risk on your roster going through. Of course, you could talk about any running back, essentially, right? especially the, the free agents, but uh, talking about a Trey Lance, talking about a Kyler Murray, who we don't know how he's going to come back and when he's going to come back in 23, uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. So at, at this point in time, it's difficult to maneuver away from certain players because everybody has that mindset. Well, they're a riskier asset. They are a player that doesn't make sense for me because I'm not a contender to trade for, or it's a startup. I'm going to let them slip. But overall, I want to minimize that risk. And that's something I talk about often. And it's like one of my, my big buzzwords. If we were playing a drinking game, I, you'd be a little tipsy, Dan, if you had a drink every time I said minimize risk. But, uh, you know, that's something, and it goes hand in hand too, 
with the studs and duds approach, I feel that if you have more depth on your roster, it helps you minimize that risk. Because if I have a Josh Allen on 90% of my teams and he goes down to an injury, knock on wood that that does not happen. But if he goes down, well, things might be a little tough for me, especially if there's no trade deadline, but uh, more depth minimizes that risk. It's something that I look to do with my rosters, whether it's an existing league or a fresh startup. But in terms of, of what I think you might be a little bit more willing to take on risk and correct me if I'm wrong. You've got so many thoughts run through my head right now because I think yeah. you hit on about 500 points there. So I might be mixing and matching some of my mixing notes match. and, and, and ta- takeaways here, JB. Hey, it, it's Christmas Eve, Eve. It's Friday morning. Let's let's just get wild. We'll get wild here. You know, so risk, full of risk. Love risk. I love risk in fantasy football. Sometimes it bites me and I'm miserable for days, but overall, we, we always bounce back. And the depth has been very helpful this season. We watched certain players get cut on certain teams and there are guys that I didn't even know they're still playing in the league that teams are still cutting and I like the way I built my roster because a lot of the guys I'm when I do cut they're not horrible horrible you know if that makes sense like I've got some more depth where on those rosters where I have taken risk and traded draft crit capital so I know I have no picks into next year JB it's still not too bad because my roster was built in a way where it's pretty young it's contending for money and the depth is there, so I don't necessarily need those third, fourth round draft picks. Now I can't kick the can down the road forever, so I've got to make a little, you know, decision with my rosters at some point when I want to keep or gain draft capital, or how for how long I could keep that roster contending. So there's just a little bit of the risk strategy and having depth. And then as I evaluate those rosters, and JB, you mentioned your tiers and, and targeting those guys and the organization that you have. For the listeners that are looking to jump right now, like into, okay, next season and evaluate and talent. It's one of the good things about subscribing to our Discord is you keep all your charts up to date. You share with the listeners tiers and everything, and you're always updating everything every week. Mm-hmm. Me, who's on the kind of the back end of that, I'm always referencing the tiers, like my tiers and rankings with cobwebs that haven't been changed from like the beginning of the season. And I make little highlights and I, I know, but it's more in my mind than on this organized spreadsheet that you have. So if you you're still have at, Emmett Smith in your tiers, I think. I, I don't know if I deleted his name. I got to double check, but, but the, you know, so it's a little bit different than, than we're at different points from there. But as I look at my rosters now, age brings risks and you're not going to be able to move Adam Thielen in the world that, you know, of fantasy football, if you wait too long here in dynasty. So I want to make sure I'm moving those Adam Thielens off my roster. Cause we know as this calendar year is changing, all those guys get a year older and then breaking down my positions. Do I have depth at quarterback running back really evaluating wide receivers to know where the talent is and uh, having a tight end strategy. So there's a lot to it, JB. It's a lot. to it. I think another thing that can really put you ahead of the game and especially with your league mates and this certainly is easier if you're in just a handful of leagues or if you're in leagues with the same people, because God knows our, our discord, I keep, I keep yelling at everybody, stop joining leagues with only each other. Cause then you start asking trade questions. Well, everything's an open book. Get out there, get out into the wild. But what we're, what we're looking at here, uh, I think there's, there, there certainly is. I don't want to say, I think there is an advantage and an edge to be had when, you're not only evaluating your roster, you're evaluating your league, but you're evaluating your league mates and their tendencies. I remember a specific situation that uh, somebody in our Patreon, this had to be two years ago at this point. They were in a dispersal with one other manager, and I, I, I know that other manager fairly well. And they they came to me and they said, "Hey, how do you how do you think I should go through this dispersal?" And I said, "Well, there's a couple high end wide receivers here that I know that other manager, and not even high end, like uh, I I forget who it was, but I said they're they're going to want to take them with these next two picks." And our, our patron took the two players I said, and they got a message immediately. I was going to take those players. So I I think that being able to go through your leagues and figure out okay, I have guys in here, and certainly right now is critical. I have guys in here that I know are going to try to win that championship. They're not 
as worried if they do win the championship about uh, mortgaging the future a little bit. So I know I can get them to overpay a little bit. I can get them to pay that contender tax. Some people, they, they have their values and they're not going above that, even if it means it's going to give them an edge in the championship. But also, is, is there a manager in my league that once they're out of contention, once the season ends, hey, I'm looking to dump all my older assets and they they look to get younger, but there's a discount to be had. I'm, I'm super active in, in that approach and looking to take advantage if I think there's something that, that fits that I'm looking at. Uh, if we're in rookie drafts, do I know that Dan is the 101 and it's a 14-team league, okay? And Bijan, 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 Bijan. But Dan needs a quarterback. Dan has the 101. And I know that he's somebody that even in April wants to have that, that lineup kind of get take it, it take shape. Well, maybe I was going to look to move up from 102 to 101, but I think there's a decent chance that, well, his top quarterback, Bryce Young, uh, Stroud, whoever it might be, maybe you're going Will Levis, maybe you're getting crazy, uh, Anthony Richardson. But, uh, you know, knowing league mate tendencies, and it doesn't always work out, but you can go through – and, you know, we, we talk about it in our Discord in the Patreon. And we look at uh, somebody will share a roster or something. And I'm like, th- like, we have an idea of whose roster that is. Or we go through and there's startups. We're like, okay, this is this is a Kev roster. We got those veterans on there. Or this is a, a, a Roy roster. It's all draft picks. There's not, there's not one guy over the age of 24 on that team. So I, I, I do believe that there's advantages there, and it takes some time. It takes effort to, to get everything in order. So maybe you take notes on people. I know people do that. But just trying to remember certain, certain things and going back, looking at trade history. What are things that certain people did? There's a lot of things that you can do there. So when getting into the offseason, you, you can look at that. I like Ronald's comment in the chat. Try guessing my tendencies. Good luck. I don't even know them. Ronald, we know you're a a Lions fan, so every once in a while I could draft Lions. I know I can move them at some point or another to you or Mitch there, knowing owners' uh, tendencies. But you're right, JB. I I think for newer listeners, if you're just getting into a dynasty league, try to find out what you can about your league mates before you get in. You know, sometimes they have a Twitter page. You, you can find some information on Twitter, team they like, moves they're making, see how active they, they are in Dynasty. Because as we mentioned, here we are in December approaching Christmas, and some of our crazies in our, our league are already in a startup somehow. So although I'm not at that point of, like near that point of getting a startup now, I do like following how your draft's going or just seeing the comments in the chat. And I don't think there's ever been an early startup that I haven't read. Why did I make that trade? Or why did I, tra- yep. you know, whatever it may be. And it's, so no, if you're going into a league with John Bauer, before you trade him all your draft capital, kind of gauge who's, you know, if you're new to this game, uh, what you're doing before you do it, because you can't get it back. There's always seems to be some regrets of some sort after after the draft. And then as you get to know your league mates, you know, build those relations. You know, I, I think we all have certain teams that we just like to trade with for whatever reason. It's just cohesive. And mm-hmm. we always kind of find something small or big. And then identify the rebuilders from the contenders, as John mentioned there, who's the ones, teams that like being young, who, who likes, you know, rebuilding either all the time or at that one point of the season where they just have that emotional breakdown, you know, it's like you need an ice cream because you're out of a relationship. You need to just blow up your team all of a sudden. There's that league mate that always has that sort of moment. So having that time and I think is really the key. And from this practice, you'll know who's moving and wanting picks youth. And sometimes you just have to know when the time is right. Cause you get those other teams that only trade once in a while or so often, or it takes a hundred offers to get that one. And you just don't want to lose that relationship. Do you ever feel that you mentioned a manager that might not always be around, but they pop their head in or they don't get many trades done in general? Do you feel like you're a little bit more aggressive with them? And what I mean by that, you're a little bit more willing to overpay for an asset just because this might be my only opportunity because Dan's going back into hibernation here in a minute. There's two ends of that coin there. There's one that, you know, there's the John Bauer that Dan Lamagna always has a difficult time trading with. And then for some reason, I have this impulse trade week. So I'm like, yeah, I finally made a trade with John. I'm like, 
did I just give up uh, Dak Prescott for Winston and Carter? I did. So I have that guy. And then, and then there's, there are the other teams that maybe they're around even, but just not really active. So I try not to forget about them or lose sight of them. And they kind of become that person that comes to me with a trade once in a while when I don't see them trade anyone else because they know I'm thinking of them and, and making those deals. Um, but I do try not to be um, overzealous because I am. So the person finally wants to trade with me because more often than not, JB, that person that only trades so often when they do trade, they have these values that are just like so lopsided. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you finally want to trade and you're, you're, you want me to give you like three stars to your one. Like this doesn't even make sense to me. So like, like we're way, way off. And I don't want to insult you because you're finally talking trade with me. So, so I, I try to just maybe educate a little bit on values and hope to come somewhere. If not, it's say hey, pack it up. We'll get them next time. Yeah. It's not just the inactive uh, manager that, you know, they, they, they check in every once in a while, but also the manager, like you and I, I, we, uh, we don't throw softballs to each other. You and I, you know, we're heavy hitters. We, we get jabs at each other in the league chat. And I love it. <laughs> and then sometimes you'll come in with an offer or I come in with an offer. And it's like, man, this one, it's kind of close. And it's exciting when we get close. It's like, wait a second. I'm actually going to make a, you know, a, a trade here potentially with, with, with our co-hosts. And I think that's kind of one of the, the things I really have enjoyed over the years trading with you and Mitch is, you know, I'm always extra mindful because, you know, we go in a league and people are probably thinking, hey, these three co-hosts are probably like best buddies and, and you know, working 100%. deals together, whatever the case may be. And we are the most competitive, like, like JB's out to like slip my throat here making trades with me. Trust me. Um, so when we make a trade. It's like monumental. It's like, you know, you got to mark it on a calendar or something. But uh, a lot of fun always. There was a league actually. I forget the exact specifics. This had to be a year ago two years ago mitch was blowing up his team and he sent me an offer and thinking that in the back of my mind i was like people know that we do the pod together i don't need anybody thinking there's something sketchy going it was a fine trade but i even or like we made a trade the week for something i forget what the exact scenario was but with an abundance of of caution i said to him hey you just posted that these players are available in the chat. I'm good with this deal. I'll accept, but I want give it a day for like other people to see, see the message or something. And then if there's no activity, then I'm in, but it was just one of those situations that everything was on the up and up, but you can never be too careful. Sometimes we have some interesting personalities in our dynasty leagues that could cause a fuss about things. I mean, for how many years we've been doing this, it's been pretty good. You know, it's always been competitive. We've all had different strategies. We've all landed different places. Um, I remember the one, the best was our original Dynasty Theory League for a while there. Like the three of us were at the bottom of the standings. <laughs> like it was, there, there was no help in anybody there, you know, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And then, I don't know, we had oh, different yeah. strategies, but. Yeah. Uh, no, no help for each other. No, absolutely not. Another question here. Do you find it, difficult or challenging or is it an advantage for you in general with the quick shift in in in-season mode values to immediately going into the off-season like there's some people you know they, they can boom as soon as that season ends or they weren't contending so they were already there to an extent like believe it or not and people might not want to admit it there is a difference in that market value when points are being scored to when there's no production. And I I think that could be, especially for newer dynasty managers, trying to find that balance and transitioning. Once that season ends, things change greatly. And I I think that's just an important note, even if it's not uh, an in-depth conversation here, I just think that's something to keep in mind. I think it's a real important one. And I think it's, one area john where i think my games evolved the most you know i mentioned that dynasty theory original league where like just bottomed out year one and i was so excited it was like our first dynasty theory league for our listeners and my team was terrible and and then this year it was one of the top teams you know just building it and i think part of 
having a real successful dynasty the year this season was really understanding values more, um, whether it be startup drafts, in season, and it really stood out to me late in the season with some of the trade offers coming in, JB, that people weren't adjusting values. I'm like, you're offering me, I know you're offering me like Kamara, Cordell Patterson, and like somebody, like whoever it may be. I'm like, these guys are aging, and I am starting to think about next year because JB and Mitch are forcing me to. And I don't want those guys literally two weeks from now. Like, yes, they right. may help me this weekend, but two weeks from now, they are they're going to be dead weight on my roster. So it is important to know veterans age another year. And once this season's over, like some of those guys are really hard to move. They're hard to move this year. They're not going to get easier to move next year. So when it comes to the values, I've done that the later this year has went on. And I'm starting now to think about coaching changes, quarterback mm -hmm. changes, draft day coming up, free agency team's salary caps you know my dysfunction rankings i can't wait to dive back into them because my values are going to start looking at the direction of the organizations and my rankings and values will continue to evolve this offseason the jaguars they got to be rising in those rankings they are man you look at that going from that urban meyer dysfunction which i hammered last year i hated jacksonville to what coach peterson has stabilized there and it's it's only year one for him but boy, do you see the difference in coaching can make just just last night watching Trevor Lawrence and the timing of his release being so much quicker from a year ago. Like the guy actually got coaching this year and, and he's starting to get hot now and he's making guys like Zay Jones look good. You know, so they're, they're, there's something there that's definitely on the rise. Think about how much we and I say we just every, Twitter bashing the Jaguars in the offseason. Why would you pay for Christian Kirk? Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, and not just pay, but pay a pretty penny. And all three of them are having a heck of a season. Think about like, the opportunity in Dynasty, JB. A year ago, like Trevor Lawrence is this prodigy child here. You know, high school, college, he was meant to be 101 in drafts. He was meant to be this great fantasy football player. And there were some great opportunities to acquire him last year. If you just again, knew that, hey, Jacksonville had to get out of that dysfunction eventually. Like, they weren't going to stay with Urban Meyer. In one year of coaching, he's becoming that hot commodity again. And now you're not getting him. It's very – if you want to get Trevor Lawrence now, it's got to be in a deal with, like, Joe Burrow. <laughs> you know, it's night and day. And then uh, T-Law's nuts. That's from Ronnie. Cord says if Calvin Ridley can come back next year, don't forget about him. And uh, they have right now their – their first is like in the middle of the pack. What if they add a Quentin Johnson, you know, somebody like that, that uh, a big body receiver that opens things up even more for this offense. And you got ETN uh, Evan Ingram's probably going to be the hottest uh, free agent tight end. Look at the values rising. You want to talk about mm -hmm. adjusting your values. I think you have to adjust Evan Ingram's value, especially if he you know gets a contract, whatever the case may be. I think you're going to see – we've started a little bit, but Calvin Ridley has mentioned his value is going to change. I mean, you love those guys tied to elite quarterbacks, and I think Lawrence is going to be entering that that tier. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, that, kind of, that whole conversation there, not to specifically talk about the Jags, but talking about Dan's dysfunction rankings. And I know the patrons, they have a lot of fun with that. Uh, we've had multiple people. Hey, when are they, when are these coming out, Dan? Let's go, let's go get us the updated rankings. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's an interesting conversation because if you have those two players tiered together, how much dysfunction come in, how much does dysfunction come into play uh, in terms of an organization's stability? And do you go a different route because of that? And yeah, so we'll, we keep, we'll keep our eyes open, Dan. Hopefully, uh, you know, Christmas is canceled in the Lamagna house. We need updated dysfunction <laughs> rankings. All right. Uh, a lot of that comes with the off season though. It comes with the off season. How do they, what draft picks do they have? Coaching changes. You know, the coaching carousel is going to happen. A lot happens in the off season. That's when, the, that's when the magic's especially made JB. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you still get the, the draft picks you get the what, what do they do in free agency uh the coaching changes if there may be any so yeah it, i'm just giving you a hard time but we're certainly going to keep our eyes open for that all right the last thing i really want to talk about you have new dynasty managers every year you have people making that jump from redraft to dynasty or maybe they they bet or they take part in dfs so maybe this is their 
first off season post startup. So they did a startup last off season, and this is their first full blown dynasty off season starting in January. Words of wisdom, Dan. Uh, proceed with caution. Beware of the sharks, like John Bauer. No, just kidding. But no, I, I think everything we talked about in this episode, you've got to mold it together and build your plan. If you could do a mock draft with some dynasty owners, if that opportunity presents itself to get some like a first run, a test run, make your mistakes, do it. Um, at the very least, you've got to start to understand values. You've got to understand that veterans age and they're hard to move and you don't want to overpay for them. You don't want to draft them too early. They're going to slide in the drafts. You need to be able to learn those things because, you know, you go to the, you go to the local Walmart and you pick up a fantasy magazine. It's not a dynasty magazine. You know, dynasty's growing. There might be a section. There might be something if you're, if you're fortunate to get a little bit of strategy, but most of it's like redraft centered. So you really got to know those values and you do want to start thinking about, coaching and quarterback changes because that's going to change the values this offseason you've got to start knowing rookies and draft day and rookies are, are are the gold so you know how do how do you value those rookies and especially when it comes to trading live during a draft some people don't expect or don't like trading during a draft and if you are in a dynasty theory league boy you better buckle up because there's normally a ton of ton of trades in in the draft so there's there's a lot to sponge and i think at a minimum and this it wasn't like pre-programmed or planned, but I and not even biased. I would be joining the Dynasty Theory Discord, even if it's just a free section there for the conversation and the chats. Like it is very actionable advice that you could at least go into a draft with a game plan, so you don't have those regrets of your roster, which which really stink. There's nothing worse than just bombing and having to rebuild before your draft's even done. It's easy to have those blinders on too. And we all have certain players. Oh, I can't believe so-and-so slipped here. I can't believe, you know, talking about trades. Oh, I, I would absolutely trade this player for this player. And I think that's one of the advantages of having multiple dynasty teams because uh, we, we got some, some uh, folks joining late here. We're wrapping up, Stefan. We're wrapping up, but I'm glad that you can make it to the party here on this fine Friday morning. Uh, but you know, I think that's one of the advantages of having so many teams because you have you have every player essentially rostered somewhere. So it's it's far easier not to get sucked into that player bias, and that's where the tears come into play because then you're, you're gaining that edge one way or the other. Well, I'll trade him for this guy if you give me a small piece. I'll acquire him for this guy, but I want a small piece back. Things like that, uh, really picking up the, those small margins. But you mentioned the veterans, and I think this is a big thing. So you're entering your first off season. It is so easy to think, man, my team, it's not really, you know, I finished middle of the pack. I, I really should get younger. Even if you're looking to enter a rebuild, even if you're not necessarily contending, be very careful and cautious about unloading assets simply because they are an aging veteran. Beginning of January certainly is the worst time to look to do that, especially if you have a guy that, for the most part, barring something crazy, their value is going to remain relatively stable throughout the off season, like a Devonte Adams, let's say there's probably very little that could happen where his value is going to drop significantly as the off season progresses. So if you're unloading him in January for the, the future drip, excuse me for the future draft picks or young assets, you know, think about the scenarios where if you would have traded a, a veteran for a late first and early second this last year, and it ended up being Sky Moore and, I, I don't know, uh, name another player that kind of struggled, maybe a James Cook. You wouldn't be thrilled ab about the outcome there, even though, hey, I'm getting rid of this veteran. The value seems okay. I actually, on the other side of it, I I've said this before, to start the offseason, if there's a team that, Maybe they didn't unload a veteran at the trade deadline or in the playoffs, and maybe they just weren't around, but now they're they're here for the offseason. Approach that manager and say, hey, 
what do you want for player a let, let's the you know send an offer you know i i always hate what do you want for that player so let, let's ignore that comment but going in sending an offer seeing what you can do and even if it's a veteran there's those guys that their value and situation situation is the big one can we find something that has a relatively stable situation and i mentioned Devonte adams but going through my tears here and I, I talked about getting the asterisk on on these guys, uh, like I running back. Run, running backs are difficult to go out and acquire, but like Austin Eckler, he's he's still going to be fine. Nick Chubb's still going to be fine overall, relatively speaking. See what the the price is on them because if I'm not contending, maybe I yeah, give me a couple of draft picks for Austin Eckler, and it, it's a price that. I certainly would have been willing to pay come next August or September when we're rolling into the season, but I definitely want to pay it today. Yeah. I love that you mentioned Devontae Adams because I love Devontae Adams. I think he's possibly the best football wide receiver in the National Football League, definitely top three. But when it comes to the dynasty draft, we you would hope the dynasty owners owners were like here in the hype or read something or did some stuff studying and knew it was like, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. But then it's, you know easy to just revert to take Devonte Adams as maybe your, your, your wide receiver three, but in dynasty, when you have a CD lamb, you know, that's so much younger or an AJ Brown, I think it's easier to get, you know, get an equally talented or pretty close. That's going to be more, you know, talented for three, four, five, six more years than a Devonte Adams would. Cause in a few years, we know that time is going to come. And I'm not saying don't draft Devonte Adams, but you find those tier players, that's where if you can get some true dynasty tier rankings to go in a draft, you avoid that little pitfall of taking that veteran just a little too soon. And they're good to have on your roster. We're not saying don't draft any because they can help you win leagues. But if you could get a guy equal or close in value that's five years younger, man, make sure you're doing that in dynasty. Well, I, I listen, I, the price certainly is going to come into play, but I don't think the price for to acquire Devontae Adams is anything remotely close to a CD lamb, like you mentioned. But you know, I, I do think it is going after those players. Uh, you know, I, it sounds crazy, but even uh, da, 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 like Keenan Allen, even if they go out, and it's more common for wide receivers because we have multiple receivers in the field, but even if they go out and draft a higher-end wide receiver for the Chargers, like Keenan Allen still, based on what I think his cost to acquire is going to be, in the off season, somebody that it's minimal risk based on the price to acquire today versus the range of outcomes that we're going to see throughout the off season. Yeah. You look at a few other players like David Montgomery, where is he going to be? There are question marks there. Uh, Dalton Schultz, Elijah Moore, Juju Smith Schuster. So I love Juju, but he's one player specifically his current in-season value is certainly going to be higher than his immediate value in the off-season. So if I can move him at his current value, sure, I'm in. But if I'm looking to acquire, it's going to be something where I'm looking to get him for that lower value because now there's risk baked in, right? Uh, Mike Evans I have with an asterisk, asterisk because of uh, the quarterback situation, what happens with Tom Brady. So, yeah, don't get caught up on the names, but I do think it's an interesting opportunity and a good situation and time to go out and look to acquire those veterans because we see it every year, barring a crazy change in situation. And be selective. Be smart about the veterans that you're targeting. But as the offseason progresses, we're going to see their value tick up. You know, you look at trades, you look at their trade values over time. Veterans in January, it's here. And then let me see, which way is my camera going here? So that it's here. And as the offseason progresses, it swings up a little bit. And then we're in season, we score more points. So I, I would be very cautious if you're entering your first offseason just unloading veterans because hey, I gotta get younger. I gotta get I gotta get draft capital. That is a recipe for I'm gonna enter a three to five year rebuild. Yeah, it goes back to value. You know, what? what is the value of those veterans? How much gas is left in the tank? How much production can they get you? Again, I, my emphasis was on just not falling into that trap of getting them too early. There's not, not a better feeling than in a startup draft than getting a vet, veteran at great value. 
you know, you know they slid a few rounds too many because of their that age discrimination, you know, model that you know JB always discriminates against me. Um, you know, there's 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 a lot of value in age and, and wisdom, JB. You know, that could help a dynasty roster as well. So so there's no one to get him. Dan, I think HR is watching this show, so don't get me in trouble for age discrimination <laughs> over here, okay? Uh, Cord in the chat says another good one. Don't get attached to your draft picks. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I we certainly, and I say we, everybody, you you have that that hope and and that thought. Well, this draft pick, it's it's bulletproof. It's not going to bust. I have the one hundred and five. That value is going to be woo. I had a trade specifically last off season. I moved, I want to say it was 105 or 106 for Tyreek and a piece. Or I moved 109 for Juju and uh, there was a tight end involved. So two trades I was really happy with. But on paper, in the offseason, nobody wants to make those moves because they want their picks. You know, so I, I do think that's, it, it all do, it, it does, like we're not saying move your picks or acquire picks, blanket statement, it all comes down to those price points. And that's critical. And Dan, you hit the nail on the head. You said the, the word is value. What, what What is it costing me to give it up? What What is it costing me to acquire? You know, so. Oh, man. That's a lot, JB. You're I good. know. Well, I'm trying to watch my word count, and I still exceeded it, I think. <laughs> you get I'm extra words, it. though, today, because Mitchell is not here. So it's it's, it's balancing. I know. It's, it's like... Uh, you talk about targets are earned and vacated targets. You hear that argument all the time. It's vacated words here on Dynasty Theory. <laughs> and I took all of them. Always using the analytics to your advantage. I like that. I, like that. I took all of them. No, what I'm doing, I'm, I'm over here on uh, on DLF, their rookie Dynasty ADP. DLF, we're still a proud partner. We're still part of the DLF family yes. podcast. A lot of great stuff going on over there. Go check it out. Uh, but I'm looking at it. And, and, and you, while you're looking that up, I think that's a good, you're probably taking us in a good direction here because that's another value, JB, that I need to catch up on. We talk about different places in the offseason is what are those rookie values? If you do have picks and they're going to be, you know, 108, 109 or wherever it is, who can you get? Like eventually dynasty listeners before they go even swapping picks should probably know what they have. Now this is in uh, just because there's more data. This is just one quarterback. And, you know, we uh, for the most part deal exclusively in super flex or two quarterbacks. So let's bump it down a little bit, but let's say, and maybe if you're in the chat here, throw a name out going into the 2021 rookie draft. So Harris, Chase, Pitts, ETN, Javante Williams, that class, a player that maybe you had on your roster that you would have been happy moving for. Let's say you move a veteran and you're like, you get the 201, 202, 204. So whatever player you, you have in that range, and you're like, okay, that's a lot of nice draft capital. This is a good class. And you walk away with Terrace Marshall, Elijah Moore, and Rondell Moore. And you're like, I love this youth. I love the opportunity at hand. Uh, it's a tremendous gain in value. You're whistling a different tune today. And of course, I, I you know, I pulled somebody in that range that, that was on these. That's the a ADP. fun draft to look at. Yeah. I, I mean, because you, you could. That goes back to evaluation too. There, that, that's where you got to mix, mix uh, Coach Dan's uh, film study, I think, with it with John's analytics, and, and you know, maybe you score Amon's Ross St. Brown later, and you struck gold there, you know, as opposed to Kadarius Tony. I don't know. Do you remember how much hate and grief, grief, not hate? Well, maybe <laughs> hate. Uh, you and Mitch gave me during our mock, and for our next week's episode, I'm going to clip it and put it on the episode. Uh, but uh, I took Amon Ra in our mock pre-draft, and, oh, JB, he's never going to amount to anything. What are you thinking? Look at what his brother did. He's a bust. Genetically, they're, the whole family's a bust, except for the dad, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. World or whatever. And isn't their mom like a, a big – or was a big-time athlete? See, that, that was probably my mistake. I didn't look deep enough into the family, you know, hierarchy there and see the athletic genes that existed. I just didn't have enough information at the time, JB, to see what his ceiling actually was. 
I thought his mom. We're going deep in dynasty theory here. I as, know. As JB's looking up the mom's genetics for Amon Ross St. Brown. Well, Amon Ross St. Brown and Equinemius, <laughs> they are half German. Uh, and uh, draft. Amon Ross speaks fluent German. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. We're learning a lot here. Uh, Ron says he, he believes she was an Olympian. Yeah. I, like, so... Dan, you didn't take into account the family genetics there, man. Yeah. He, was, he was still on my radar, though. I, I listened to you a little bit. I'm going back, and, and in my tiers, I, I go back to 2021, actually, my rookie tiers, and and I did have him bolded at least, which means he was you know on the radar of guys to pick. Unfortunately, Jalen Darden was as well, but that's that's another story. Yeah, that was that was a. Whoa, that was the Whoa. wrong one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hold on. <laughs> Final thoughts. There we go. Final thoughts. And I'm, I actually have one here and I wanted to start off the episode with it and kind of annoyed that I, I didn't. Um, actually, Dan, give me your final thought first, because I forgot to plug in my laptop and it's about to die. So hit us. I'm, I'm, af- I'm afraid to now. I might say Jalen Darden. You might manscape me again. I'm not sure. But final thoughts here is, hey, good luck to everybody in your playoff games this weekend. Still an exciting time, even though JB is looking ahead to, to next dynasty season. But work your free agent wire, especially in leagues where the free agent period is going to close. That is your last opportunity to, to, to build those bottom of the rosters. Trade while you still can. Know there's going to be a couple more teams eliminated. So there are some specific rosters I'd be looking at this week. Let's look at those teams in the playoff hunts where you could still trade. And once those teams drop off, there's a good chance they're going to be looking to trade in a different way. So, And then there'll be two teams left looking to contend that might be all in now to get that top prize money. So you have four teams where – their values may change and give you an opportunity to strike a good deal. That is my final thoughts other than Merry Christmas to everybody. Well, I'm glad that I, I was able to plug my laptop in. So I have a final thought. Again, I wanted to start the episode off with it, but uh, we kind of jumped right into discussions. This time of year, uh, you know, it can be challenging for people, you know, with, with personal lives and a lot going on. And I know, you know, a lot of people – anxiety and depression, it spikes, you know, and it's kind of, it's weird to think about because well, it's the holidays. It's a happy time, you know, but it, it, it crops up for a lot of people. So I, I just want to say, keep in mind when you're interacting with anybody, whether it is in your, your lead chats on Twitter, in, in the discord, in the, in the Patreon, you don't know what people are going through. So I, I think this is a, an important time of year to keep that in mind. It's always critical to keep that in mind, but especially this time of year, uh, you don't know what people are going through and maybe just, you know, a nice comment here or there could really uh, boost one's spirit. So that's my spiel. Uh, that was you your know, best uh, final thought ever, JB. I actually you know, really I, pre- I, appreciate that, man. I know normally I'm a goofball, but sometimes I do uh, – hit people with something serious and it, it catches people off guard. I'm going to be honest. It does. But uh, yeah, so we appreciate everybody that we interact with on a, if it's not a daily basis, even a, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, everybody in our leagues, everybody in our families, in our, uh, you know, work in our daily lives. So uh, j- just keep that in mind. Um, okay. Well, for Dan LaMagna, Mitch Sorensen, who is critical to the state of Utah, how would they, still be a state without him. We don't know. I'm John Bauer. Uh, continued, uh, and I hope I don't butcher this, but I, I believe still Hanukkah, I believe. So continued happy Hanukkah for those that celebrate. And I hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas and, and happy holidays. So we'll see you guys next week. Spend time with your family. Peace.